Amen. Well, we're going to talk about living within your means. And um, are you living within your means? Is that a trick question, Barb? Use a multiple choice. I take A. No B, no C, no D. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10. I was trying to find another version of this verse, but um, this one will work for us, I think. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38, it says, Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. The just shall live by faith. So faith is the means by which we live. Faith really is your means. When we talk about living within our means as believers, we are not talking about financial means. We're talking about faith means. So faith is the means by which we live. Everything that has to do with life comes to us by faith. If we don't move out in faith we're moving out in the natural and the natural man is already condemned so we really should spend most of our time dying to natural means you know the bible says we are those who have no confidence in the flesh once you run into the living god and the power of god that should diminish your confidence in the flesh already actually your confidence in the flesh is somewhat diminished But there's something about the human flesh and the human soul that wants to deny that and fight harder to hold on to the flesh. You ever seen that happen with people, you know, with yourself? I can remember when I was first uh, understanding God and, and knowing the things of God, I was not in a church and, you know, especially a church that taught faith. We had gone to like a denominational church for a number of years and once I got saved, it just seemed that that wasn't relevant anymore. And I began to draw from the Spirit of God. Here a little bit, there a little bit, whatever God would send me, word he would send me. Uh, I would always read my Bible, and there were other Christian programs that I could watch on television. You know, thank God for good Christian television and the stuff that feeds us and and when we really need to be fed or that can rescue somebody in their time of need. God can use everything to speak to people. And so I remember really drawing from the Spirit of God and understanding that God was much bigger than than what contacts that I had, you know, in the natural. And, And I can remember experiencing many miracles in God. I mean, I would just get an answer to prayer and and it would seem like God was so present and so available and so visible for that time. But then I would walk off in the natural because I didn't know how to walk in the spirit and build on that faith. See what I'm saying? Faith really is a series of building blocks of our life in God. And if you're not taught how to put things together and how to build a life of faith, and how the life of faith is developed, then you will just live from one experience to another. You'll go flat, and you'll be lost again. It's almost like you start from square one every time you set yourself to pray for something. 
And that got to be so old after a while. And I could remember understanding a lot about the scriptures and believing a lot of the word of God. You know, somebody would tell me, if I, w- I would, you know, tell them that I had a problem with something. And they would say, well, well, the word of God says, you know, so and so and so and so. And I said, well, I know that, but I still got this problem. You see what I'm saying? I didn't understand that that in itself was my answer. And once I got that answer from God, all I had to do was hold on to that one thing. And my life could be built from one level of faith to the next level of faith. And this is how really, to tell you the truth, many, and to be honest with you, probably most Christians live this way. From one emergency to the next. Because they don't understand the lifestyle of faith and how to build from one level of faith to the next level of faith. So faith really is a series of building blocks or stepping stones through which we walk our lives. You walk out your life step by step for each measure of faith that's put before you. So if you, if you think about living within your means, if you live by faith, you really have unlimited means. You really have unlimited resources and unlimited means. So really, you can live outside of your means, <laughs> your natural means, if you live by faith. Many people, however, live less than their faith means because there are many pitfalls and many snares and many traps that are set for, for us that keep us from walking in faith. There are different uh, snares that are set up by the enemy that will cause us not to Or to shrink back, as this scripture says, if you shrink back, the Lord's soul has no pleasure in him. So there is a shrinking back that happens from faith. And this shrinking back probably happens more than we realize it does. Because we can start out wanting the right thing from the right God (laughs) in the right time and have all confidence that God is going to do this for us and we feel we can hold on. That's no problem. I'm just going to keep riding it out and bless God and we're going to get there. And halfway to the next step of faith, you know, we peter out. Well, I'm not sure God really told me that. Well, he told it to me, but he didn't tell it to me. Hmm? Uh, You know, they say you got to have a rhema. You know, most people don't even know what that is, so don't even worry about that word. Uh Are you feeling it or ain't you feeling it? You know, sometimes is what we wind up deciding until we can't decide what to to do or how we feel or what he said. And Well, if he didn't promise it already, I'm going to pray for it again and see if he'll promise it this time. You understand what I'm saying? Many times our walk of faith is really a guessing game. A bunch of ifs and maybes and I hopes and perhaps. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? And so we really need to understand what our means are and and how how we can, can get ourselves together in this walk of faith. Now Romans 10, 17 tells us, what happens and how faith comes to us it says it comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god so every time really the word of god is spoken 
in faith or or just in in a human voice or if it's said or on a tape or whatever there is a measure of faith on that word there's always a measure of faith on god's word always there's always a measure of faith on god's word if it's written in the word of god if it's on the page in the bible there is a measure of faith on it but the faith in order for the faith to be possessed by you it must be mixed with your measure now write that down some of y'all got went to sleep already it must be mixed with your measure and this is where the problem is It's possible that faith can be used or not used. You know, you can refuse to use your faith for something that you momentarily don't feel like you want. Now, the Bible tells us that there's a danger here. Because it tells you today when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. So really, if you're smart... You'll believe God's word, whoever says it, anytime it's said, wherever it's said. I don't care if you don't like the preacher that says it or if you think they're a total flake. You have to open your heart and incline your ear to mix faith with the word of God whenever it's spoken. You must mix it with your faith if it's going to benefit you. You can't like be in a bad mood one time when you come into a meeting let me tell you what people do they have like their pet thing that they like they think they want from god that their whole life hinges on it you know the biggie oh god i just got it oh god you don't know what it means to me i don't have this i'm just gonna die oh god if i don't get it by friday i just don't know what it means everybody got a biggie if you don't have one living like that will tend to make you create one you can count on the saints you know you come in there and everybody's believing god for something well, i don't think i have no problems really especially i guess i maybe i ain't like it but i guess i better search and see if i need to get a problem to be working on Huh? Just true. But what we do is we live panting for an answer to the biggie. Huh? That's true. <laughs> I just wish I could. And you know what'll happen most times when you're like that? Uh, now search your heart and tell me if this ain't right for most people. It gets worse, don't it? Oh. wonder why Mm. Mm. let me tell you one of the reasons it does get worse because when you're like that you have selective hearing and you only want to want to hear a word related to that that you think is the most important thing in your life you're gonna die if you don't get the answer to it 
But really, faith is not like that. Faith really comes to us line upon line and precept upon precept. Here a little bit, there a little bit. So really, the scripture that you don't want to hear and you shut your heart and your ear down to and you harden your heart against it, is the very one that you need as a building block before you can even get the faith for the biggie that you're just panting about all the time. Hmm? It's line upon line. Here a little bit. There a little bit. If it were not that way, it would be magic and not faith. God could just make your problems evaporate and disappear. Huh? And you would never, ever be able to know how to overcome. You'd just be a victim sitting there waiting for something to happen to you and not know how it happened, not have any control over it happening. So the reason that God builds our faith like this is so that we can handle everything so that we can live. We can live actually by our faith. There must be a work that accompanies your faith in order for it to be alive. So faith really can be used or not used. It can be dead or alive. What kills faith? What kills most people's faith? Absolutely. Fear causes you to shrink back. Hmm? That's why that, that scripture's there, Hebrews ten thirty eight. Now the just shall live by his faith. If you want life, you better show God some faith. Huh? But if you shrink back, you'll die. Because God's soul has no pleasure in and if his soul doesn't delight in you, you don't get anything. Hmm? Bible says without faith it's impossible to please him. So pleasing God really is everything, folks. It's everything. Many people have so many natural feelers out. Hmm? This is what kills your faith. Fear kills it, but fear is fed by your natural feelers. You know what natural feelers are. Hmm? You got an issue. (laughs) And you keep feeling yourself to see if your issue is still there. Or, you know, you know, somebody is say, you know, you got a kid that's not doing real well and and you already prayed for him. Right. Standing on the word. Got God's answer. We've stood on the word. We know the victory is here. Pull my victory lever. Then you decide you're just going to call them up to see how they're doing. I'm standing on a word. I know. It's a feeler. It's a fear feeler. Huh? Only thing you're doing there is feeling, feeding your fear. Fear motivates us to do these things. 
we're not really calling to get a confirmation that the victory's there. It's too soon. <laughs> I'm telling y'all the truth. And people like this, aren't you like this? Am not I like this? See, it's we feed our fear because we have so many fear feelers out there, and they want to be fed, and they will lie to you. And say you're standing in faith and you believe God for the victory, but yet you stick out a fear feeler. Hmm? And it gets fed. So are you living? Or are you shrinking back when you... See, we're shrinking back, but we really think we're advancing. It's like people, you know, (laughs) I went to the doctor. Actually, I believe I'm healed. In fact, I know I'm ill. But I went to the doctor because sometimes there's information you can get for them so you'll know how to pray. Hmm? I've heard that. Huh? I've heard that. You, y'all folk don't get around as many religious people as I do somehow or haven't been preachers here at all. But what can the doctor tell you? That the great physician cannot tell you. Hmm? I need to know what spirit to buy. No, you don't. If you heal, you don't need to buy nothing. Huh? Are you or aren't you? Hmm? Besides, the world can't give you more information than God can. Does the word of knowledge work in your life? If it don't, you better start believing for that to work. Because God can give you more information about how to defeat what's wrong with you than a doctor can any day of the week. Well, we just needed to know what we were dealing with. Was it really a demon or just a disease? What difference does it make? It's killing you. Huh? Those are fear feelers, folks. And if you don't renounce them and quit giving in to them, they feed more negative information in you than positive. Hmm? Hmm? They do. See, this is why things go years without getting better. Do you know you can pray for people and never ever talk to them? Just get the prayer request one time and pray better sometimes than when you talk to them all the time. Always feeling their pulse. (sighs) Taking a temperature. Hmm? It's true. I mean, that's how stuff spreads, folks. By people getting information. Processing it wrong, putting out feelers, and absorbing. Because you process that some kind of way. They found out that people got sicker in the hospital than out. That's why they kick you out with major surgery after two days now. See, back in the day, <laughs> me and Miss Nightingale was the only ones working. See? <laughs> with surgery, they kept you in the hospital two weeks, easy. You were flat in the bed for at least three days. Then they found out you had pneumonia, and they better get you up. Not only did you have pneumonia, but the guy next to you had it now. Because he's been there three days breathing your yuck. Huh? Mm-hmm. 
It's true. Hospital-borne infections. That was the biggest travesty when they started revising all the the Medicare and, and Blue Cross and hospitalization policies. They really found out that most of the problems with most patients came from what they got while they were lying in there for days. That's why they rather risk throwing you out of there now in two days than let you lie there all that time. Sucking up all kind of money and taking up all kind of bed space. So your little faith feelers, yeah, just want to check it out so you can get a little more information. See if I can, you know, I know how to pray now. <laughs> Better. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Let God open the door for the information you get. Trust God 100%. If he does not open the door, you don't want to walk through it. Well, God, just give me a token for good. Now, I know that's a scripture, and I know sometimes we get like that. But a token is just that. It's not the answer. Your offerings to God are a token of your love for him. Money doesn't prove anything that much to God, folks. He's more concerned with how you spend your time, (laughs) who you give your worship to. Could care less about your little stinking bucks. You understand what I'm saying? It's what that means. What is that a token of? Mm -hmm. So faith can be dead or alive. James 2.17 says, Faith without works is dead being alone. Faith can also be measured by God. And God can impart to a human vessel an understanding of measurement of faith. He can tell you how much you've got and how much you don't. Now most people don't want to know. Isn't that true? I'm one of them. God, don't tell me. Don't give me the fine details. Don't read me the fine print. Just give me the biggie. But in Matthew 15, you'll see that. Here's the lady, the Syrophoenician woman that's begging for her daughter to be healed. Jesus refuses her twice. And she keeps coming to him. She's got more comebacks than, you know. I mean, really. (laughs) He's impressed. (laughs) Because he says there in verse 28, Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as you will. Great faith matches your will with the will of God. When you have great faith, your level of faith matches God's level of faith. No stops to it. He says, as you will. When did Jesus ever give somebody something according to their will? It was when they had the faith of God. 
he never responds to the will of man unless it's equivalent to the will of God. God has no stops to his faith. His faith is perfect. So there is a place where you can step into perfect faith for something. By hearing the word of God and mixing every word that you hear with your own faith. I always warn people against, you know, the word is background noise. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you can shut down off of it trying to concentrate on something else. Keep your attention focused on the word of God. You see what I'm saying? Keep yourself feeding on the word of God. Because sometimes people are into selective hearing. You know, sometimes you're in a certain mood and you want to put on somebody's tape you really like because you're in that mood. And see, that's selective hearing because you are listening to something that has fed your spirit at one time. And you're trying to determine the solution to your current problem or situation. The best way to get an answer from God and get your spirit fed the right food is to put it before God. He said, let your request be made known unto me. Whatever you want, ask me for it and I will send you the right word, send you the right response, send you what you need because I know better than you what you need. See, a lot of times our souls like certain spiritual stuff. You know, we like to, you know, groove and get our praise on and you know certain teachings we like because they really told them off that time and you know slap them upside the head preach 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 you understand what i'm saying that's your soul that kind of wants to to go over that stuff again but for your current situation you better put it before the lord the bible says sometimes we don't even know how to pray as we ought So the Holy Spirit can make intercession for you according to the will of God. And then God can edify your spirit with the right word that you need to build your faith for that thing. Sometimes we don't really need faith to stand for an answer for some. But we need faith to be peacemakers. You understand what I'm saying? I mean that's kind of the faith you really need sometimes in some situations. I, you know, I can remember for years when I was uh, praying for my husband to be saved and believe in God. And there came a day where I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that he was going to be saved. But I still didn't feel much better about it because many times I want to choke him. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I had to build my faith to be a peacemaker and learn how to hold my peace and keep a peaceful household or he wasn't going to be there to be saved. He'd be saved over somebody else's house. You understand what I'm saying? So you have to understand that there's faith needed for certain things at certain places because your your faith and your prayers are going to depend on a certain quality of fruit of the Spirit coming forth from your heart. Or they will not be effective. See, the devil knows how to trip us and trap us. huh? He knows how to get us. And he can set a snare for you and get you involved in, in believing God for something or think you're standing on the word for something. And you're just as far from the word. Huh? This is true. Sometimes you have to check your heart and find out why you want certain prayers answered. Huh? It's like, oh, Barb, don't insult me. I'm a Christian. 
I want the will of God in my life. Huh? huh? <laughs> Thank you very much. Huh? <laughs> yeah, true. It's like, what you mean? Well, I want my hubby saved. Think about it. If you're not sure of your motive, you better check yourself out. We get involved in all kinds of Christian Olympics. Huh? <laughs> We're all bulking up and... I'm on the faith-only diet. I'm the Word of Faith diet, and you know, well, I'm into Martha Manizzi, you know, because she, you know, she got the the hot music out now. Oh, we, we, you know, Hillsong. I'm, oh no, girl, we moved on from Hillsong. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Our ladder gonna be greater. Yeah. Huh? We just on to that right now. Hmm? So we all kind of little Christian Olympic games around here. Everybody feeding on something different. Than, you know, we think feeding our spirit, man. Feed my spirit, man. The way to God. And, you know. Oh, yeah. Jake's. I've been to his car. Oh, yeah, girl. I fall out down at Jake's place. You know. It's just We just all into it down in there. You know, we in the woman thou art loosed. And we so loose, we just, you know, just loose all around the place. Just, so, you know, we're competitive people. You know where competition comes from? It really comes from lack. Uh-huh. If you have a hard time being motivated unless somebody else wants the same thing you want, your mind is so impoverished you pitiful. Competition comes from lack. Because when there's not enough of it, we have to compete for it. But there's no lack in our kingdom, huh? So why are we always competing with each other? Who's got the biggest church? Who's got the biggest ministry? Who's on the Internet? Who's off the Internet? Hmm? Comes from lack. Listen, there's enough devils out here. We don't have to compete for nothing in this kingdom, folks. There are enough devils out here for everybody to have something to fight. Instead of competing with each other. But see, many times we'll get involved in this this unseen competition that we all engage in. You know, your mind will start comparing yourself against somebody else. And, you know, you're either way up above them or way down below them. You're never, never where you're supposed to be when you have a competitive spirit and a competitive mind. So we have to understand that if we're going to build our faith... And get it right with God. We have to overcome this silly competition that we get into. And see many times it's not wanting to look like we're not spiritual. That's motivating us to want our victory. We want to look like mature saints when we're only like three days old in God. I don't know what a mature saint looks like. To be honest with you, <laughs> we all can look good and bad depending on what we're going through. Mm-hmm. I don't care how mature you are. Pain is pain. The devil's the devil. And he knows how to hurt everybody. And so if we're not wise, we'll live our lives reflecting off somebody else's what we think they have 
in order to decide what we want to do and how we want to engage and all these kinds of things. And hmm? Nobody likes crawling across the victory line. You understand what I'm saying? But that might be the way you get your victory, honey. <laughs> you might be the last one across and, and you know... Wounds on your knees, scrapes on your knees, on your elbows. You fell 1,500 times. But at the finish line, there's just a cross line and everybody gets over. You get over into victory. So what do you care the process? As long as you make it over. So many times we're trying to hold on to something that we think is <laughs> what we're supposed to be about. The highest victory that you can get is the victory you get because you're moved with compassion. It's the highest victory that you can get. A true intercessor, to intercede means to stand in the place of another person and pray with the same fervor as though you were praying for yourself for something you dearly want. No. You had to be careful with saints, because we can pray the word and I'm, oh girl, I'm so thankful. Thank you, Jesus, and you know you the head, not the tail, above, not beneath. And we could care if we were the head, not the tail. You understand what I'm saying? So when you intercede, you stand in the gap. You put yourself, your your body there, as though it were happening in your life, and your life really depends on it. That's what an intercessor is. An intercessor is somebody who's a suppliant. That means that you wave an olive branch. That you want to bring both parties to zero balance against each other. You don't have anybody whose side you're on and you care if somebody wins. That's not an intercessor. That's a wrestler. Do you understand what I'm saying? You've got to to know what God's side is. And you've got to bring both parties to repentance and to zero balance and reconciliation with God first and then with each other. So you bring people into God first. Then into reconciliation with one another. There is no true reconciliation without God being in it. You forget it. If you can bring one party into the will of God then the reconciliation process will begin and it will take over into that other individual's life. But they have to both be brought eventually into the will of God. But God will take one. So so God can tell, he can measure the amount of your faith. So he told this one lady she had great faith. Then in Matthew 16, verse 8, Tells the disciples they have little faith. Verse 6 says, Jesus said to him, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. So he's making a spiritual statement to them. Beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And instead of going into their spirits for the answer, they begin to reason in their brains. Ah, isn't that true? That's how you get little faith. You go to your brain for an answer 
for God. Hmm? It ain't in your brain. <laughs> the last time you checked your brain, what was in there? Same old, same old. Uh, same old, same old. It ain't changed. So he says, and they reasoned among themselves saying, is it because we don't have any bread? <laughs> you don't leaven bread? Is this a bread quiz, Jesus? Are you, is this emerald, Jesus, emerald? Is this a cooking class? <sighs> says which when jesus perceived he said to them oh ye of little faith why are you reasoning among yourselves not only you're checking your own feeble brain but you're taking each other's feeble brains yeah this is what happens when you go to your girlfriend for prayer for your problems huh you reason in your feeble little brain huh you don't want to go to the preacher because I'm going to tell you, quit looking through your feeble little brain. <laughs> I can't use my brain and you shouldn't be allowed to use yours either. <laughs> Mine is off limits to me too. Uh-huh. He says, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves? Now this is real interesting. You take a poll of say 10 christians and ask them one question you'll get 50 on one side 50 on the other and we all supposed to be in the word you think we could agree (laughs) you think somebody could find you won't you'll find as many people think you have a good chance of standing on the word and getting it as people who don't think you got a shot huh you just will (laughs) trust me because of reasoning among themselves <laughs> everybody comes up with their own little mental opinion then he reminds them of the miracle that happened when they fed so many people so he said i couldn't be asking you about bread i can make bread if that's what we want to talk about plenty of it but he's talking about the deeper spiritual truth behind what he is saying and that comes only through your spirit so great faith means that this lady even though her answers were a little weird she was drawing from her spirit for her answers it's all in where you draw from write that down where are you drawing from to be motivated where are you drawing from for your answers where are you drawing from for your leading where are you drawing from determines if your faith is great or small coming from your brain and your flesh it's always going to be small you will never get great faith out of your natural man he's not capable of it so really the origin of your faith determines the size of it what comes from your spirit because it's an eternal spirit is always much greater than what comes from your mind or comes from the natural man. But we're always looking for what we call confirmations. Now a confirmation may have a natural manifestation, but it has a spiritual origin. It's all about who sent it to you. Hmm? And where did it register on the inside of you? 
Did it tickle your flesh? (laughs) See, most of the time that we're looking for confirmations, we really need just to edify our spirit and just repeat the promise to ourselves. How about that to confirm? Huh? But we don't trust ourselves. (laughs) Oh, us a little faith. Oh God, the last time I was trying to encourage myself, I just went up, I just messed up. Hmm? We don't even trust the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of us. Huh? Well, I thought I heard God repeat that scripture to me, but I couldn't decide if it was me or if it was God. I couldn't tell if it was me or if it was God. What difference does it make? Whose house do you want the package delivered to? Hello? Do I mind if I bless myself? Do you care if I edify myself this time? Do you care if I... Can I just bless myself and help myself for a change with the Word of God? Huh? Now think about it. You're allowed to touch your own spirit with your own words. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Sometimes you'll never know if it's you or God. Hmm? But does it agree with just basics, folks? Does it agree with his word? Is it the will of God? Is it a better outcome for the situation than what's going on now? Hello, we got three votes. Hmm? Sometimes that's as much as you'll be able to give yourself. Sometimes you're hanging by slender threads, folks. So your faith can be used or not used. Can be increased or decreased, alive or dead. Can be measured. It can be great. Or not at all. There were times when Jesus asked them, where was your faith? Huh? Faith can be active or passive. You can sit on your faith. You ever want to hide it because you're mad about something you didn't get the last time? Huh? Pray in little grumbly tongues. Huh? I ain't going to let you see my faith, Jesus. I'm going to hide it from you. Last time we did this faith thing, mm, I like the way it turned out. Huh? I'm going to hide it. Too mm. true. Second mm. Corinthians 4.13. Turn there for a minute. Tells you how faith is put into action. This is the law of faith. One of the laws of faith. The spirit of faith operates like this. It says, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So you believe first and then you speak it. If you don't believe it first, you are lying. But God's mercy will let you lie to yourself until you convince yourself that it's probably true. 
You understand what I'm saying? I mean, you can do that and not, you know, go to hell or something. Hmm? But my my question is, why are you not believing it and speaking it? See, there are situations that we can get into where we will not believe and say it anyway for a wrong motive. See what I'm saying? Now, I'm talking about when I, when I talk about you can cannot believe it and say it, you do it with the intent of convincing yourself. You understand what I'm saying? And this is really how we come to the understanding of what we believe. Sometimes, you know, like everybody gets assigned certain prayers here in the ministry. Most of y'all couldn't understand what the prayer was saying, knew what it was about, but now you believe it and you know it by heart and you know it will come to pass and you got the strongest faith for that which you have been speaking on a consistent basis. So it works because your faith is there in agreement with that thing and that makes it an anointed atmosphere so that word can be picked up in faith by you. Your voice is the most convincing voice you'll ever hear. You have to say it to yourself some for it to be real to you. And you convince yourself of most things. But there are times now when when you're lying like what I call under oath. You know, like when you come up to the altar in the anointing, the spirit of truth is here. Because the anointing carries an atmosphere where truth is pulled out and truth is recognized and truth is held in high esteem. Do you understand what I'm saying? So at the altar, you need the spirit of truth working because the the preacher needs to hear truth. We don't want to tell you something we make up. So there's a strong bent toward truth when you come to the altar of God. And see, some people get convicted about what they believe in their hearts when they come to the altar and they'll say stuff like well I know I'm healed and all that but I'm not you know I'm not saying I want to confess anything and I'm like come on give me a break I need to share up you know I'm just I'm just trying to hold out until we can eat dinner around here you understand what I'm saying <laughs> you know people get all weird and everything because that anointing hits them and then they start to begin to understand what they really do have in their hearts. And they ain't all got it together in there. That's why God brought you up here because you ain't got it together. You see what I'm saying? So I don't really care what you say when you come up here. If God can give me something to help you correct what it is, then the spirit of truth will witness it and you'll be helped when you come up here. But don't try to con me. You know. <laughs> I mean, it's not about that. You're not on trial for what you believe when you come here. You come here for help. And this is the one place you can be honest. You know, if I preach and I tell you your confession's bad because you keep saying you're sick when God has declared you healed. If you come up here and then try to make me think you believe you're healed and you're not, it's not going to work. See what I'm saying? You are where you are at the time you're here. So just let's just work with it the best way we can. You know, people say stuff like, well, I'm not trying to come. I said, I know, baby. God brought you up here. I said, there's an anointing here. That's why you're here. Doesn't matter what you say to me or anything like that. God sent you here to receive the anointing. So that's what we minister up here. And You know, you may never know what you believe on the inside of you. You understand? For real. 
It'll vary from time to time. You know, you can be in bed and symptoms hit you and you, you, you call a doctor and make the appointment. And you decide on the way you're going to the doctor, you're going to listen to a healing tape and you turn around and come back home. If you haven't been there, you will. Keep living. Huh? I mean, it can flip over that quick. Faith is strong, baby. That's why God demands that we have it. Because it's very, very important for us to develop our faith in him. So the law of faith says that we believe and therefore we speak. Things that come out of your mouth, you believe them. Hmm? You say, oops, I didn't mean to say that. We know you didn't. And you especially didn't mean for nobody to hear it. Huh? So it came out of you. It must have some faith resident behind it somewhere. Huh? True. That's why Jesus said, if you look on somebody to lust after them, you've committed adultery in your heart already because the heart really is the strongest part of us. What's in there is going to drive us. It's going to pull us. It's going to. You ever see some of these weird people? You know, now I've seen people, alcoholics, drug addicts, you know, through my life. Oh, I'm I'm not going to touch that stuff no more. No more, no more, no more. And then right before they know it, they're in the car back driving to the place where they got hooked up the last time. You understand what I'm saying? Well, they're in denial. Everybody knows abusers are denial people. Because hmm? it's in their heart real strong. And they try to pretend like it's not there. Like Christians do. You know, we want to be perfect Christians in three days. How to walk on clouds and have wings sprouting out of your back in three easy lessons. When we're not impressing anybody, everybody else has got their own junk to deal with. They could care less about your wings out of your back. You know, that ain't helping me get my prayers answered any. You understand what I'm saying? So we all live in this little world where we want to appear to be, you know. And it messes us up because then we, you know, we, we can say things that get us in trouble or then we start to avoid people so we won't say the wrong thing. You know what I'm saying? Just stupid stuff. Instead of coming to grips with what it is that's on the inside of us. You know, I'm in the spiritual hospital like the rest of these people here. They must need help just like I need help. <laughs> so let's just find a way to get our help and get on out of here so we, we don't have to play these games anymore. See what I'm saying? And so many times we we try and cover up what we believe on the inside and and just pretend that that's what we want because it seems in the Christianese language that's what everybody here wants. So I guess I should want it too. <clears throat> People who have 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 been shoved and pushed in the press in the crowd that's wanting ministry now, these people are total flakes. Most everybody, when they found out you had to learn something about the Bible first before you became a minister, they dropped out. I mean, the honest ones. You know, hey, I ain't no minister. I realize that now. Y'all can have it. You know, those of you who are called, you know, go for it. I mean, I love God. I love the Bible. But I know this ain't me. There are many people who never had the honesty within themselves to drop out of that press and they're still in there. In that little herd of roving people that rove around looking for something to do for God. 
You understand what I'm saying? That's no more ministry than, you know, I'm a brain surgeon. Though I could try it. <laughs> Once I dress up in that green, girl, I <laughs> get green look good on it. <laughs> I had a girlfriend I worked with once in the hospital, and, you know, somebody made the mistake of asking her if she was a doctor. And, oh, boy, it just fell through the floor. You know, because we're all just, we're working in surgery and everybody looks the same up there, you know. And well, Anyway, we didn't do anything, though. You know what I'm saying? But it came close. <laughs> the world's a better place than I'm preaching, folks. I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> At least we got some police in this kingdom. So praise God. So we believe and therefore we speak. The first time that you confess some word of God that you really have a strong stronghold of unbelief against, it won't sound right to you. And that's when you have to try harder to convince yourself that it's true. And you've got to renounce some things that you believe contrary to the word. You can't put oil and water together and think it's going to mix. One's going to float on top of the other one. The other one's going to settle. So the unbelief tends to stay put. You understand what I'm saying? The word of God is the one that floats in and out real easily and you can't really latch on to it. So you do have to renounce former beliefs. You have to renounce former things. Because really oftentimes there's a spirit attached to some of your old beliefs. Just are. So you can deliver yourself from a lot of nonsense just through renouncing some of your former beliefs. We always pick the biggies like if people have been involved in false religions of some kind. You know, well, you've been a Jehovah's. Oh, you got to renounce that. Well, what if you, you know, we're sleeping around? You understand what I'm saying? You got to renounce that too. Or you'll, you know, go to church to pick people up. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, people do it. They they say they want to get involved in the singles ministry, but they're just picking people up. <laughs> Grow up. Grow up. <laughs> you know it and I know it. Some guy, you know, preacher was in adultery with some woman and, and some pastor he got caught finally praise god people get caught you know if they can't stop themselves it's better than going to hell and he told his minister he said i know i was forgiven because before we would we would go to the hotel we'd pray and then after we were coming out we'd pray listen i don't want to know god like that you understand what i'm saying I mean, even if there is forgiveness there some kind of screwed up way, I don't want to know about it. So you got to check what you've got inside of you. Check your believer out. You get under pressure and something squirts out of you, there's a belief down there somewhere. It may have taken pressure to pull it out of you, but it's in there. Huh? Romans 10, 9 and 10 says... This is the other part of the law of faith, that we must confess with our mouths what we believe in our heart. 
And see, this is a challenge because very often the atmosphere, if you are, are confessing into an atmosphere that is contrary to what you're confessing, there's a lot of pressure against your confession. And sometimes that may make it sound like it's not true to you also. For instance, if you go into a hospital room and you tell this brother or sister in the Lord, well, you know, according to God's word, you are healed. And there's all these sick devils, you know, riding on the chandelier and the person next to him has them too. And all the doctors have them and the nurses have them, you know. It may sound very much out of place there, but that's the best place for it. Is in a hostile environment because that word can stand there and fight to establish healing for that person if it's held on to. That's what it means when it says to stand on the word. You make a bold declaration of faith right in the midst of the trouble and then you stand there until everything that's not like it leaves. That's all we're doing down here, folks. It's taking our bold declaration to where the trouble is and make a bold statement of faith. Huh? Some of the craziest, boldest statements I had made, made had the most fruit. They produced more fruit than my wishy-washy trying to please everybody and say it nice so that nobody got offended. Garbage did. Mm-hmm. just true some of the boldest declarations I can remember <clears throat> Aubrey's mother was sick and um, it, it was very very hard for us to help her because she was an alcoholic and she tried to keep you know it concealed and you know all this kind of stuff She beer hidden everywhere and you know, all this stuff. And it was just amazing how much help the devil gives people when he's got them bound like that. You know, we would, she was not, not well enough really to care for herself. So we wound up having to have somebody come in and help her. And the home health aides they, they um, sent would tell me it was her right to drink if she wanted to. And I said, well, it's your right to find another job because you're fired. <laughs> Too loose. Uh, We know the devil sent you. And so we eventually had to have her hospitalized. And when they took her into the hospital, when we finally got a chance to see her, she had already lapsed into a coma. And you know how the devil is. He makes it worse than what it is. You know, her, her whole body had swollen to like three times its size. And, you know, she was just there and her eyes were rolling back and, you know, I'm standing there on Valium just about. You know, I was getting better from a a nervous breakdown, but I wasn't altogether there. But I had been saved for about four years, and I was in the Word every day. And I can remember looking at her and looking at him and thinking to myself, God, what do I say? And out of nowhere, out of me came these words. Tomorrow about this time we'll come back and see her again, and she'll be sitting up eating looking like normal. Hmm? And God got me out of there before I had an opportunity to change what I said. You understand what I'm saying? So right in the midst of her, you know, foam coming out of her mouth, her eyes are way, you couldn't see a pupil for miles. You understand what I'm saying? When the devil grabs people, he grabs them to take what little faith you have out of you. If you got your natural feelers out, you're in trouble. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? And I had the presence of mind to admit to God I didn't know what to say. There was nothing wise or interesting or witty coming forth, which was good. And so I just said that. And we went home and spent a normal evening, came back the next day. She was sitting up eating in, in her right mind. All of, you know, Do you understand what I'm saying? Standing on the word, make a bold declaration, something that looks like it will never happen in the natural, and then God has to come help you. He's got to come help you. If I had said something, well, you know, don't feel bad. You know, I've got <laughs> a three years experience as a nurse. Or was it two? Or did I get fired from the last job? <laughs> did they revoke my license? What am I doing here? Oh, yeah, they did take it back. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? There was nothing natural coming. You know, sometimes God will help you by shutting off the natural. And then, two, there's a gift of faith that will operate. And that's really what was in operation. That was totally oh, way above supernatural. But I did hold my peace and not try to be knowledgeable at the time. And, and so God came because there was a statement made that he had to perform on. And it came from the spirit of faith. There was a belief inside of me that believed that and therefore I spoke. If I had stifled those words of believing and therefore speaking, never would have happened. Do you understand what I'm saying? Never would have happened. So that's what we have to do. We have to confess what we are believing in God. So that spirit of faith will actually give you the words to speak as to what is really believed in your heart. There are many things in our hearts we believe that we never say. Or we never get wind of. Or we never know. Think of all the sermons you've heard over the years. That you believe. And there's something stored up in there. So there's dormant faith in all of us. For certain things at certain times. So don't ever believe that you're way over your head. You understand what I'm saying? In these normal situations of life. If God had somebody else to send. He'd send them for you. But if you're the one who sent, you've got to perform. You've got to speak the words of faith. So the word profits us only if it's mixed with faith. We said that. We have to mix it with the measure that we have. You can't pull extra from nowhere. So don't try to embellish. You know, you'll say something to a person like, you know, well, <coughs> I think we better start praying for, for your, your business or your future income. How much do you believe you want to start believing God for for an income now say what do you want you know $60,000 oh no my faith says a (laughs) hundred you know (laughs) sure (laughs) your mind would blow it at 50 why don't we go to 30 you understand you understand what I'm saying don't play games with the spirit now I may tell you 50 and the spirit of faith says a hundred you see what I'm saying but you've got to go with what the spirit of faith tells you And if you don't know what the spirit of faith is saying, I'll tell you this. It's the first thing that wants to jump out of your mouth before your mind plays with it. That's the spirit of faith. We don't want what your mind has played with. Isaiah 28.10 tells us that knowledge of God comes to us line upon line, precept upon precept. We said that here a little bit and there a little bit. Something you are refusing to believe now may be related to a principle you need to apply to your life. 
Be careful what you refuse to believe. There are some things where people get stuck. They want to believe that they either are right or that they heard from God. You understand what I'm saying by stuck? You have to be willing to be wrong in order to receive the blessing. You have to be willing to be corrected in your position and your stance. There are times when God will tell you things and they are true for a season. But if you don't have the right type of submission when you're challenged, you know, when, you're, when your decision is challenged, either by the natural or it's challenged by somebody in authority especially, or it's challenged in some way, you have to have enough humility in you to take it back to God for review. Hmm? Because you can take bread off of your table just because you want to be right and say you heard from God. We all hear from God. He's yet talking again, honey, if you listen to him again. See what I'm saying? There are times when there are things going on unseen and unbeknownst to you where God may have told you just like he told. Why would he tell Abraham for all those years, 17, 18 years, I'm going to give you a son and wait till the man was impotent. Abraham wasn't waiting, honey. We know that because Ishmael got here. Hello. God waited till the man was impotent. And gave him a son supernaturally. And then 20 years later told him to kill him. You know, and people read that scripture in Job. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be. Well, God doesn't take away. Hello. I beg to differ. God takes things all the time. Everything belongs to him. He can give it to you and then he can tell you to give it back to him <laughs> for safekeeping. You know why he does that? Because the devil's after it and you don't know it. I know God told me I'm supposed to do this. Yeah, that was then. You better check in for the now, God. <laughs> hmm? Hmm. Some people have been holding on to dead prophecies for years trying to breathe life into them. I know God told me. I know God told me. I know God. Well, let it go and see if he'll give it back to you. Oh, what does that mean? I don't have any faith. Does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Let it go. <laughs> Just free yourself. It's burdening you now. It's not a blessing. It's a problem if we got to try and take it away from you. Hmm? Don't ever be afraid to say, God, help me if I'm wrong. This is too heavy for me. I don't like it anymore. I'm going to let go of it. I'm not going to think about it for days. I'm not going to try and defend it anymore. I'm just going to let it go. It's a mess right now. I've made a mess of it. Hmm? It's not a blessing. It's a messing. Huh? And so we have to admit these things that we've gotten into strife over things. We've gotten offended because they've been challenged. The wisdom behind it is what's being challenged. You're not being challenged. People are trying to help you. And see, we don't want to let go of stuff because it's our stuff. I know it's not pretty and it's not a blessing, but it's mine. <laughs> huh? Huh? And God wants to bless us. You don't ever have to defend anything. Let, let that go. 
You know, let it go. So we have an unlimited ability to believe. It's what you need to know. You can build line upon line. You can believe for unbelievable things. You can stretch your faith. The best thing to do with your faith is extend it further than you extended it the last time. And most of us live in rubber band faith. We let it snap back and we don't want to pull it. Oh, the last time I pulled my faith rubber band out. It was so hard. Oh, I was hoping I wouldn't have done that thing. Huh? Oh, yeah. Your life is fixed only if your faith is fixed. So the means by which you live, you, you live on a fixed income or by fixed means only if you fix your faith to a certain limit. Your faith will find a way to express itself. It will find a door of income or a door of blessing to allow wealth, health, and prosperity to enter. Your faith will find that. Sometimes people can step out and start doing things and never were conscious that they were building their faith in certain areas. Isn't that wonderful? God sneaks up on you and shows you he's been putting wonderful things on the inside of you. Huh? Trying too hard is always the flesh. Hmm? Where you get all stressed out about stuff and everybody's against you and you can't tell them to pray for you anymore because they're siding with somebody who doesn't agree with you. You know, all those conspiracy theories. People get into that kind of nonsense because they're really trying to defend themselves against God's will. Hmm? Write that down. Because people get involved in that kind of nonsense when they start to believe that somehow everybody's against them and nobody understands them. You understand what I'm saying? Don't ever back yourself into that kind of corner. You find yourself the only one with a certain belief or the only one with a certain revelation. devil's already got you halfway over the fence of deception. These things that happen to us are common to man. Your situation is a common situation. It is not unique because it's happening to you. God has a common everyday answer for everything that comes against us. We are not unique people because we stand on the word and see it come to pass. You're not a rare person because you want to see your marriage reconciled. You're not a rare person because you want to see your family saved. These are common regular everyday things so these are not extraordinary situations that we're in we're in common situations but our brain has told us we're exceptional somehow you understand don't ever put yourself in any kind of an exclusive category because you will be excluded from the blessing i'd rather go along with the herd and get fed my everyday daily bread than to try to be a unique person and go out there and starve to death because it will happen it definitely will happen so be careful folks feed your faith know that you have unlimited means but your faith has to be fed your faith has to be worked and and nurtured under authority of god's (coughs) church system you know the five-fold ministry gifts you have to be under authority in order for your faith to work you can't be one of these people that's 
always got a bright idea and you know just running off with it you've got to let yourself be checked and confirmed by people in authority over you so understand these things this is god's way but if you'll do things god's way then you'll find that you have unlimited means folks you can live within unlimited means because your faith is never limited it's just limited to how much you want to advance it in god amen praise god father thank you for your word and for everything that you're doing for us to help us to understand how to live by faith and we thank you lord for the gift of faith and we thank you lord that it is the gift of god it's not of us lest we would boast that we have something that nobody else has so this faith is available father to all who bear the name of jesus And we thank you, Lord, that it is given freely to us so that we can use to help our lives and to be prosperous and to be blessed by you. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen.